because it's fall time. Oh, yes, it's fall time. We're gonna light up the fireplace. Light up the fireplace because it's raining outside. Oh, yes, it's raining outside. Them leaves are changing colors. As they fall from their branches because it's fall time. Oh, yes, it's fall time. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the fall time song by Brooke Vinson. Written when? A Vinson original. Circa 2000, I think 13. Yeah, 2013. And we sing it every fall season. <laughs> 10 years ago. I've just been obsessed with fall for forever. It's October, baby! Woo! Spooky season! It's actually been two months since we recorded. Wow. Right? No. Maybe like a month and a half. When did you get back from vacation? Okay, yeah. No, then like two months. Yeah. <laughs> it's been two months. It's been two months. Our episodes are finally caught up to date. And yeah. now Brooke has just gotten back from a trip. Yeah. How was your trip? Oh my gosh, I feel like I have so much to share and unpack. Unpack that suitcase, girl. Oh my goodness. Let me just tell you, I've cracked the code. I know why people are going to Oklahoma. Everyone and their mother is moving to Oklahoma right now. And I just, I could not appreciate until I went why this strange phenomenon was occurring. And why, why do you think that is? So let me just paint a picture for you. I head down to LAX, and on my way, I am stopped in my tracks by the most horrendous public obscenity I have ever seen in my life. I don't even want to repeat it. It is so... What? It was so awful. Like, in mid-traffic? Yes. So I'm driving down... I don't even know what the street was. We were on some side street. It was a residential neighborhood. And you know those apartments that have raised steps? Like you walk up the steps and then you're in the lobby yeah, yeah. before you go in and find the elevator. Okay. Kind of like in New York. So it was one of those apartment-style buildings. And laying flat on the steps of the apartment building was a homeless man. And he was doing something I don't even want to repeat. But you, you're kidding. No. And it was in broad daylight. It's the middle of the day, right? It's like 9 a.m. There's people all around, children probably somewhere passing by. Ew. I what was a freak. I was so disturbed, Grace. Like this mental image was seared into my brain the entire trip. So anyway, I just respect any and every mother who's ever tried to travel with kids. I kid you not, it was like wrestling with an alligator for the entire hey. flight. First of all, I missed my first flight. Broke down crying at the gate. <laughs> I heard about this. So at first I was like, okay, my gate's like right in this little section. Cause you can see, okay, 52A, 52B. Mine was 52D. So I see the section and I'm like, okay, it's right there. So I go to the restroom, change David's diaper, get him some yogurt. Cause I know it's going to be three hours before he can eat again. As soon as I go to get to the gate, there's this sign posted that anyone who's on 52D if that's your gate, you have to take a bus to the other side of the airport. Bruh, how are you supposed to know that? Yes, I know. Well, you're supposed to go to your gate before you, you know, go to the restroom and get snacks and all of that. But right. I just assumed it was right there. 
So anyway, it was this whole ordeal. You have to break down your stroller to get into the bus and then you have to wait for the bus to fill up. And then, you know, there's, there's all kinds of people who need help, like people who need wheelchair access and stuff. So yeah. it was a long waiting process. Um, so when I got to the gate, finally, at last, I was wearing David in the baby carrier, pushing the stroller as fast as I could, literally running, sprinting to the gate. They had just shut it like two minutes prior <laughs> and David loses it. <laughs> he can't take it anymore. Cause he's strapped into me and he's oh not used gosh. to being worn in a baby carriers and it's hot. We're both sweating and I just <laughs> break down and start crying. Oh, and so I li- literally thought I was not going to go forward with the trip. I just wanted to go home at that point. So imagine <laughs> you tell Lauren, hey, um, change of plans. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> I can't hang. So um, I ended up pushing through and David was not happy the entire flight. He was screaming. And how long was your flight? Like three hours? Three hours, then a layover, then another flight that was about 42 minutes. So the most miserable three hours of your life. Yeah, like as bad as you can imagine it going. And I watched all these YouTube videos of these little mommy influencers like, bring a lot of snacks (laughs) and go to the Dollar Tree and get these little, you know, distractions Distractions, for them. And so I did all that. My bag was packed to the brim with distractions. Uh, you know what he did? He threw all my distractions on the floor. <laughs> he grabbed the people around us. He was screaming. He was grabbing the hair of the people sitting in front of us. It was just wild. Was everyone, could you tell that people were in a state of annoyance with you? Or was it kind of like, oh, I, we feel bad for you? I really couldn't see past the people who were like sitting directly beside me. Oh, another oh, okay. fun fact. I was sitting in between two men. I was in the middle seat. Not the middle seat. (laughs) The middle seat is the worst with a kid. At least like if you're in the window seat, you can cuddle up in the corner and like, and he's only hitting one person. Yeah. Or the aisle, you can kind of like put him over the side of the seat. Yeah. So thank the Lord. We had one man sitting next to us um, who was on the aisle seat actually, and he was a grandpa. So he understood. And he goes, as as annoying as it is for all of us, it's probably way more stressful for you. I was like, thank you Mm. for understanding. Did you cry on the flight? No, not on the flight. I was just in survival mode at that point. But the kid next to me was definitely annoyed. He was probably like 18, skinny (sighs) as a stick. And he curled up into a ball and turned into the window so he wouldn't have to like deal with us. And here's David reaching out, grabbing, (laughs) grabbing his sweatshirt, (laughs) pulling him in. I was like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But let me just, let me just brag on Tulsa and Oklahoma. So I just had this picture like country farm, like bumpkins everywhere yeah yeah you know all the bubba's mm-hmm. um and i don't know i think just california culture has become the norm and we do live in a more friendly place i think bakersfield is typically more warm and hospitable than other parts more of middle ground yeah um but wow going to oklahoma everyone was so kind oh. so sweet from the service that we received even from like teenagers and all of the um, fast food places and coffee shops. Like they have this dude, they have this thing that no teenager in Bakersfield has. It's called manners. It's like (laughs) this new thing and they have it. We, we do not. It was incredible. They were so professional and so sweet. Like you see a teenager serving you coffee. No joke. Some of these kids look like they were 14 years old. And I was like, Oh great. And then they, you know, open the window. Hi, how can I help you today? 
so sweet. Best coffee of my life. Greeting me? Wow. (laughs) They were so wonderful. But we had the most incredible server. He was so sweet. He cleaned up like all these spills and messes that we made. And he was constantly like clearing our our table from all of the trash that we were just making. Fulfilling the normal standards of a server, but we were just not used to that. Yeah. And so kind. Like at one point, one of the kids dropped something and another kid was like scolding the younger one. Like, Hey, why'd you do it? Don't drop it. And the server comes by, Hey, it's, it's no big deal. And then he took a sweet and low packet and threw it on the ground. He's like, see, I make mistakes all the time. And it was just like making a point not to stress about the little things. Yeah. So was that at uh, Reed Drummond's? No, we didn't, we didn't go there. You um, didn't clerk. No, it's like a, a big drive. It's like the whole day. It's hard for the kids. It's so good. Yeah. We'll go there next time. Okay. So um, it was just really, the people there were just very nice. Everywhere you went, people were friendly. They wanted to talk. Um, it was just refreshing. Refreshing. Yes. Woo-hoo. And there was no sense of entitlement in the people who served you. Like, I think sometimes in California, I get the vibe from... And I, I used to work in food service industry. So like, I know how it is. You have to deal with hard people sometimes, but a lot of times when I go to get coffee or out at a restaurant, whatever, it's like, I am inconveniencing that person who is hired to do that job just by showing up and asking them to do their job. Right. Like they do not want to be there. They're so entitled. Anyway, I don't want to go. They wouldn't have a job if there weren't people like you coming in, feeling the business. Yes. I'm but like, go off. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I told you this. I don't know. Did you meet someone? Almost. Well, speaking of celebrity run-ins. <gasps> oh, yes. And we were just, that. that's what I was going to say. Yeah, on the last episode. On the last episode, guys, we were talking about Candace Cameron Burr was near me. Of all places in Owasso, Oklahoma. We were driving through the neighborhood and we got notified. And this neighborhood's like kind of not remote, but like. Yeah, no, it is remote. It's like in the middle of, oh, I don't want to say in the middle of nowhere, but it's in a very small town. Yeah. It is not connected to Tulsa. You have to drive 30 minutes out to get to it. Candace Cameron Burr was filming her upcoming Christmas film in Lauren's neighborhood. Probably for Hallmark. Yeah, I don't know who it was for, um, but they were even asking for extras. So it was so fun because we got to drive by the house where they were filming and there was like snow capping all of the roofs and the trees, so ornaments everywhere. And we tried to sneak a peek of uh, Candace, but she was I'm nowhere to be found. glad I wasn't there. I would waste the whole trip trying to be an extra in the movie. Yeah. Literally the, trying the to neighborhood get my... girls were all sitting on the sidewalk, just like waiting for her to pass by. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay. Let's just break this down for a second. On our last episode, we recalled the time you met her in a like in one of the millions of churches in LA. You were there the same Sunday, happened to be exactly when her whole family was passing through the church. Mm-hmm. You overheard a conversation. What are the odds of her running into her for a second time in a random town in Oklahoma in the middle of September? So what bizarre. are the odds of that? When we were just talking about her and when I uploaded the episode, that's when you were there. I just think it's so crazy. I know. So weird. Kind so of like weird. how you ran into John Canonius on your trip. Kind of just like that. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Basically. Yeah. Basically. We have a new addition to the family. Huh? Obi. 
Oh my gosh, you made me think someone in our family had a baby. <laughs> no. So I did finally get a dog. Woo! And he's a cutie little patootie. He's a little Frenchie. And um, Chris was selling his computer and some random dude on the internet was like, I'll trade you my French bulldog for your computer. <laughs> Such a great deal. Yeah, it really was. And so uh, we didn't know if we'd keep him at first because we definitely could have flipped him for a profit because he's worth way more than that computer was. Um, but he won our hearts. And I'm Yay. so happy we kept him. He's such a good dog. He is. He's and so he smells chill. like a tortilla. You know what? I smelled him tonight. I would agree. He yeah. smells like a tortilla. I think that's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> he's so sweet. He's like, uh, mm, I just think he looks squishy like his face because all the rolls in his face just like a little squish yeah and he makes little like like little almost like grunt yeah grunts and uh little like hamster noises like yeah i don't think frenchies can breathe that well yeah it (laughs) is it's sounding like a struggle for i don't think he has good airflow to his nose and let me just clarify his name is obi um, it spells capital O, capital B, because that's the only version that was available on the like dog registry site. Oh, that's the, weird. Like, national, yeah. I thought it was O-B-I-E. That's how I spell it. I think it's cuter. Yeah, that's cuter. Um, but we did not name him after the Star Wars figure, Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is not a Star Wars household. Don't get it twisted. We like Star Wars, but... But it's not like... We're not... Come on. Fanatics. Yeah. Obi is named after a synthesizer named the Oberheim. <laughs> my husband is a musician. Oh my god. As we well know. <laughs> and so that is the inspiration behind Obi's name. So now you know. Now the more you know. Yeah. So what's new with you? Oh There's my so gosh. much to catch up so on. So much. Okay, honestly, I'm just gonna like for I'm just gonna put myself aside, lay down, um, my own time to talk about myself because we got some piping hot drama to get into. Let's get into it, girl. Okay. Brooke and I are starting to do this thing where we aren't talking about our hot button issues uh, with each other throughout the week so we can just hash them out fresh on the podcast. So you're getting the live, real raw reactions, okay? So we have Don't Worry Darling drama. Have you heard of this movie? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it stars Harry Styles and Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh is an incredible actress. She's amazing. Like Agreed. She, and she's beautiful. Okay, stunning, gorgeous, all the things. And the director was Olivia Wilde. She is, this comes into play later. She is a self-proclaimed, like, major feminist, okay? She's all about female empowerment. Well, has the film has come out and by the time we upload this everyone will have heard about it but for my mental sake i have to hash this out with you so she hired shia labeouf and florence Pugh originally it was supposed to be them two as a couple the movie's about like a dystopian world where spoiler alert you basically are given your dream life but it's a simulation that's the ending is you find out it's a simulation and the reason why all these weird things are happening because it's a glitch in the simulation honestly the matrix yeah it's like you're basically stealing the matrix but whatever uh just in a different way and it to me the movie could i haven't seen it 
Okay, but I've watched all the commentary on it. So to me, I feel like it could have been incredible. Like it could have been what at the time divergent was for me when it first came out. You know what I mean? Like the, that's what I, that's the equal. I had it to completely different storylines, but anyways, so Shia LaBeouf, Florence Pugh, they're hired, they're doing their scenes and there's a lot of intimate scenes in this movie. So Florence Pugh asked if she could get an intimacy director because Shia LaBeouf's past, he has some abusive, past behaviors and relationships that have come out and who knows if those are true or not I'm not sure but um he had like a whole case with his ex about like being like domestic violence Mm. and so she obviously didn't feel as safe as she would with someone who doesn't have that type of background so she asked Olivia Wilde to hire an intimacy coordinator or director um, just for those scenes. So she felt like it was safe. It was, you know, really watched over. And she said, no, even though, you know, she's like all about, and part of having a female director is like, you know, they understand certain, yes. uh, certain things like that. Like, you know, Oh, I'm going to take that into consideration because I know how I would feel mm-hmm. in a vulnerable state like that, especially with a bunch of cameras, you know, it's just very vulnerable. So she said no to that. Well, then, because of that situation and because of Shia LaBeouf's history, yada, yada, he goes on to quit. He quits because he couldn't get enough uh, rehearsal time with Florence Pugh. So he doesn't like that. He's like, I need more rehearsal time. It just didn't work out with her schedule. And then it was already awkward because I'm sure he heard about like the worries she had of filming with him. Well, he quits, and then Olivia Wilde tells, like, magazines and all these outlets that she fired him. She did not fire him. He quit. So she wanted to seem like it was her choice as a director. You know, she was taking that creative liberty Mm -hmm. because he didn't fit the vision. Mm -hmm. So she, she tells people that she fired him. He quit. And then he releases a video to prove that he quit, and it's a video of her driving in her car, And she's like, Shia, Shia, Shia. I am so sorry about this whole thing. I hope that we can work this out. I hope Miss Flo, Florence Pugh, that's what she calls her. I hope Miss Flo can get her act together. And I really hope we can work this out. And she's like begging for him to come back. I hope we can work this out and you can come back on set. And then she tells people she fired him. So he releases the video and he's like, oh yeah, what was this then? The nerve. The nerve. And she looks like an absolute idiot. So all this comes out, and then, of course, of course, Florence Pugh sees the video, and she's like, oh, Miss Flo needs to get her act together, when I'm sure she was telling Florence Pugh, mm-hmm. he's an idiot, you know, like, this it's is about you. Manipulating both of them. Yes, both ends. So Florence Pugh doesn't do any, like, publicity stuff for the movie coming out. The only thing she attended was the Venice Film Festival, the actual showing of the movie, and that's why... Because of Shia LaBeouf quitting, that's why Harry Styles was hired on, Mm. which was such a random choice, if I may add. Like, he has had one film. He was in Dunkirk, Dunkirk. and it was, like, a small role. Yeah. Um, But, like, he's not a good actor. Like, he's very mid. But were he and Olivia Wilde dating before the movie? I'm getting into that. Okay. Okay, so 
he was hired on probably just because that's great publicity. He's the biggest pop star in the world right now. So, of course, all the girls are going to want to go see the movie for him. As we all know now, she hired him on. She was married at the time. And coincidentally, (laughs) wanted a separation from her husband as soon as they started filming together. And now we all know it's because they were having relations on set and Florence Pugh. I, this is alleged. She was frustrated because they would go off on set together oh. during rehearsal time. So it's like she already didn't have a lot of time, and then they would like go off together, and now they're publicly dating, and she's divorcing her husband. So it all proves to be true. And then at the Venice Film Festival, it was just weird vibes. I don't know if you've seen the videos. It's just like everyone looks so awkward. Chris Pine, too. He was there. Mm-hmm. And there was... There, there's a like minor detail where uh harry styles there's a video of him it looks like he's spitting on chris pine but like chris pine came out and he was like oh he wasn't spitting on me a lot of drama with that cast i don't think olivia wilde will be getting a good rep for her movies from now on i think it's going to be a little difficult for her to get the actors and actresses she wants mm-hmm. for her cast if she continues directing which I'm sure she will. Who wants to work with someone like that? Who's manipulative and And deceitful. Praising you to your face and talking so bad about you behind your back. Like I, I just like slow clap for Florence Pugh because she did not give her what she wanted. She did not show up to all the press stuff like everyone else did. Mm -hmm. She was like, no. And she didn't post about it once on her social media. Wow. That says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So which good on her. She, she deserves better. But anyways, um, oh my gosh. Also last thing on this, Harry Styles was interviewed with Chris Pine about the movie. And they're like, why do you love this movie? Why do you think people should go see this movie? And he goes, um, because I just really feel like it's a movie. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's like a movie, like a film. Like, it's like a film where people go in the theater and they see the movie. <laughs> I kid you not verbatim. That's what he said. <laughs> and Chris Pine's looking at him like, mm-hmm, uh, mm, wait, mm, what's going on? Deep, deep stuff. <laughs> yeah, deep, deep stuff. You know what I mean? Like, no, babe, we don't know what you mean at all. Like, could not understand. No, couldn't understand your point. So I don't know if he was just nervous or if he was like on something, but that is wild. I hate him and Olivia Wilde together, by the way, literally the worst couple ever. (laughs) Positive vibes. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Was I just like (laughs) dumping my negativity on everyone? I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) So many relationships falling apart too. In Hollywood. I be I guess I don't really know any that have stood the test of time, but Oh uh, I know a few. Tom Hanks and his wife, I guess they've been together forever. Yeah, them. Um, what modern couple oh, though? Oh like, I know. Who? Freaking what's her name? From Veronica the mystery show. What's her name? Veronica Mars. What's her name? Uh Kristen Bell. Bell. Yeah. Kristen Bell and her husband, what's his name? Dax Shepard. Yes. They're still married. How long have they been together? Yeah, I guess they've like been at together least, for a while. They've been like together like 15 years. That's that's pretty good. As good as it gets in yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> and they have kids and stuff. Yeah. They're like the cool, like, they. I, re- I would imagine them being um, 
like leaders in a youth group if they were in church <laughs> like the cool leaders you always want to go hang out with in their house i would want to go to a dinner party at their house yes another relationship that's been mm, destroyed destroyed is adam levine our maroon five king he is dethroned Okay, let me just say, I went to a recording of The Voice when he was still Oh, yeah, I forgot you did judge. that. That's what it's called, right? The Voice? Yeah. This is The Voice. Da-na-na-na. This is The Voice. This is The Voice. Da-na-na-na. Yeah, that one. I went... Or was it... <laughs> this is The Voice. <laughs> so I went with a couple friends down to LA we were there for a recording of one of their seasons I don't even know when it was and he was such a tool on set you know they I only bet. show like half of what they actually record they probably had to edit the crap out of him because he was so off the wall so profane so just like into himself into himself and begging for attention from the crowd like not even like trying to entertain us he was begging for attention that like sadly does look not at surprise how, me look at how great i am please worship me and it was annoying who else was a judge when you were there blake of course shakira i oh. actually got really concerned because i thought something like she received a phone call and they had to stop filming in the middle of everything and i was like praying for shakira because i thought something was going down and i just love her pray for her hips <laughs> pray <laughs> protect them hips lord <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the, who was the other? I feel like there was another female judge. Not Kelly Clarkson. She was pretty new. Yeah, not Kelly. Um, oh, Gwen? Not, I don't think it was Gwen. Who was there back in the day? Was it Pharrell? It might have been Pharrell. Pharrell Will I Am's. I'm going to look it up. Oh, maybe it was Usher. Usher, Usher. You know what? I actually uh, love Usher. Me too. He's really cute too. Underrated. (laughs) Where has he been too? Like I haven't seen him. I feel like he's just like doing his own thing. He's probably living his dad life. Oh, is he a dad? Right? He has to be. He's old. Not old, old, but you know, he's dad age for sure. Art. Not our dad. Oh, my gosh. A dad age. Like, he seems like he has a 15-year-old somewhere. Yeah. You know? Somewhere in the world. Yeah, he probably (laughs) actually does. Might have a few 15-year-olds somewhere in the world. Pull a Drake on us. (laughs) What? Pull a Drake? What does that mean? Drake has a song about how he has all these kids around the world. Oh, really? Yeah. Scandalous. Yeah, he's not ashamed of it. He's made money off of it. Is he paying child support to all those kids? Yeah. Usher Raymond the Fourth. Okay, we don't need to be getting into all this. <laughs> I love learning people's backstories. I Wikipedia, just the most random background actors on like a B cast sitcom. <laughs> I will find out who they're related to, where they grew up, what schools did they go to, what instruments did they play. I love. I live for that stuff. I love your interest in strangers. It's very sweet. you know when i was in high school our spanish teacher gave us an assignment for extra credit and i was the only person in the class to do it because i really needed to boost my grade and he had us go to the mall and make a chart of beautiful mediocre and ugly people and we had to keep a tally 
of all of the beautiful, ugly, and mediocre people that came across what? our paths. We had to categorize them. And he said, you have to sit there for at least 30 minutes and make a tally mark of everyone that you see. And he goes, when you're finished, I want you to come back and, and report to me what you found. Like how many of each category that you, you observed. And so I did it. And I went back and I said, you know, Senor Mayberry, I'm sorry to report. We got a lot of ugly people in Bakersfield. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I did not say that. But what I did observe was that, um, like, every person that crossed my path, you can find something beautiful about everyone. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I just, I mean, I was like 16 at the time, but I just could not put anybody in that ugly category. Really? Yes. I could. I'd be... (laughs) (laughs) Like, nope, ugly. Valley plausible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, everyone looks the same now. So I'm like, we're all just clumped together. That's true. Why is that? It's because TikTok and we just all are Mm -hmm. seeing what each other are wearing and we're just copying each other. Yeah. We're carbon copies of each other. But that's really sweet that you didn't put anyone. That's ugly. Anyway, he said. You didn't find one person that you were like, I guess they could be. There were some people that were questionable. <laughs> you put but a question for the mark. most part, like if if you would see a person who was older, right? They might not be the picture of youth and you know, yeah. beauty and vigor, but in their own way, they were really beautiful, even though they were marked by time and mm-hmm. you know, probably in your own weird, twisted little way, you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it just was really fascinating to watch all these people go by and like, how often do you just Take the time to stop and take a look at the people around you. Sniff the roses. <laughs> Sniff those ugly roses. Sniff them. They may be dead and the leaves are falling, but the petals. Sniff them harder. They people need more are, love. People are just so fascinating. And then you start thinking about like, you know, this is somebody's kid or somebody's grandma. <laughs> and you start thinking like, what instruments did they play in high school? And <laughs> what? No, I would never. You think don't think that. about people's backstories. Backstories, but not. I wonder what instruments they played. It's just an example, but you think That's about, sweet. you know, what kind of life have you lived? Yeah. But and then even people who look kind of rough sometimes, I really think like, what have you seen in your life? What have you had to endure? Mm. Yeah, it's like everyone has a story. You're very empathetic. I love that about you. I love people. I just love people with a passion. At a job interview, what's your biggest weakness? I love people too hard. <laughs> I just love people too passionately. It affects my my work. I just love the customers like they're my own. Okay, sorry, I totally derailed. Just, I derailed. It's your okay. Train. You're it was going that train. way. It, it we had to do it's natural here. Yeah, that was natural. But anyway, all that to say, Adam Levine, you screw suck. you, screw you, Adam. Also, I've always hated that name. It's just like a stupid name to me. (laughs) It's so rude. I'm not saying like, I think it's because I knew an Adam in elementary school. He was honestly like mediocre. And Luke would always be like, you're, you're in love with Adam, Adam, Adam. I was just like, shut up. I I can't say his last name just because I don't know. But Luke would always say his first and last name together. Yeah. Like let's give him a, a fake last name. Um, Tackett. 
Grace is in love with Adam Tackett. Adam Tackett lover. Grace loves Adam Tackett. Adam Tackett time. and Grace are going to get married. She loves him. And my mom would be like, you like Adam? No, mom. I don't <laughs> like him. He's weird. Oh, my gosh. That kid was the worst. He was so annoying. He's actually pretty cool now. I ran into him at Target. He works there. Oh. But anyways... I'm sorry. If there's any Adams listening or you have a husband or friend named Adam, I'm sure they're lovely. I just have, you know, when someone they puts t- a bad rep, they, they taint, taint the name. name. Yes. I totally That's understand. why there are so many baby names that I'm like, I would never name my kid that. But like, if I didn't know the person, I'd think that's a beautiful name. Anyways, <laughs> we got Adam from elementary school. Now we got cheater Adam Levine. Just not a good rep. Not a good one at all. We got Adam from the Bible, so. Which, that's also not the best rap. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, original sin? <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> but anyways, so this girl named Sumner, her, her name's Sumner. Sumner. S-U-M-N-E-R. She is an Instagram influencer. She posted a TikTok basically outing him, showing their DMs. This man had the audacity to DM women all over the world from his official Instagram account. How the ego idiotic must you be to think you're not going to get caught up. Like he had to have been doing that for years to be like so confident and so set in his ways. Most people, it would be like, I'm going to get a burner phone number. I'm going to get, you know, a fake account. So it can't be traced back to me. No, just straight up using his real phone number, his real account. Okay. Blows my mind. The ego. I am not defending him in any way, but I think it is so wrong that this woman has gone public with this information. Oh no. She totally is doing it for attention. It's not a call, uh, a call for other women to come out. It's a, and his poor wife and children are already going through so much having to deal with that issue. You know what though? I, I bet his wife like has experienced this before or like has, seen signs but didn't want to believe it i i agree though she should have personally reached out to the wife and told her in privacy yeah because that is so wrong and she's she knows she's getting clout from it yeah and this girl is also just very obnoxious in her first video she just takes no accountability she's like and he this girl is like 23 i think she's 23 and she like girl you know better i knew better like yeah I could be a freshman in high school. I'd know, oh, I don't talk to married men. What? Anyways, she was acting like I was taken advantage of. And she said, I I was just manipulated. Like, I was new to L.A. I didn't know how things worked. And turned out it was a year prior. She was 22. Oh, my goodness. Sis, you were not, like, barely. If you were, like, newly graduated, moving out to L.A. by yourself, I could see the power dynamic, like, and I do think that comes into play, like his power dynamic over her, but also he is very publicly married yeah. and he told her that, uh, they were separated or that they were, they were going to separate soon. If there are, is not a finalized divorce, if you do not have those papers, back baby, up. back the heck up. Uh-uh. That's so crazy. And then she posted an apology video and she was like, I didn't say I wasn't taking accountability. Just talking in circles. <laughs> she, she's just so annoying to me. She looks like every other. Uh, let me not tear her down. Let's just uh, move on. Okay. <laughs> I could go off. I just hate things like this. I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? You don't act like you didn't know he was married. Mm-hmm. You, 
Like you could literally, if I were talking to a celebrity and I was like, oh, I thought they were married. I'd be looking up like paparazzi pictures of them. Like, has he been spotted with his wife recently? Mm -hmm. Has he like, I just know. I just, yeah. Yeah. And by claiming that victim status, you're also taking away from people who truly are victims when it comes to like men taking advantage of women or it could be the other way around. Totally. You are like, you're mentally aware. Okay. You're old enough to know better. You are in a space where like you're on social media all the time. You've heard of these cheating scandals with celebrities. You definitely know. I think she better exactly what she was. Yes. She definitely does. But it's crazy to see all the other female celebrities coming out defending her. Being like, no, there is a power dynamic. I don't care if there's a power dynamic. You know right from wrong. Nope, nope, nope. Let's talk about women being called into accountability for their actions just as Come much on. as men are. Come on. We're responsible. We know. For ourselves, our actions, our words. If anything, we're more, sorry, mentally capable of <laughs> grasping situations like that. You know what I mean? Like, their brains develop slower than ours. Like, <laughs> just that alone. I'm like, girl, you're you're already a few steps ahead. You should know. Yeah. It was a woman in the garden. Back to that dang Adam and Eve. Yeah. Always comes back to those two. I'm not saying women are the problem. I'm saying women need to take responsibility. As Brooke, is as Brooke is anti-woman. Brooke is <laughs> anti-woman. Anti-feminist. No, I think like that would be the empowering thing to do to take responsibility for yourself, right? Uh, yeah. Anyway, but sadly, we can't expect that these days. Yeah. Let's talk about another woman who I think needs to take responsibility for her actions. Would it be Miss Rachel? Miss Rachel Reggia. Okay, guys, here comes the big kaboom. The Bachelor Breakdown. Bachelorette. Oh, yeah. Bachelorette Breakdown with Brooke and Grace. Yee-hee. And if you guys, I don't know how many of you watch The Bachelorette or The Bachelor franchise. We we dibble-dabble. We end up getting sucked in. Like, the last, at the beginning of the season, I'm very openly, like, I watch that. Uh, we don't watch Bachelor in Paradise. It's just another level of raunchiness. Um, but we do watch Bachelor and Bachelorette. Brooke will say she's not going to watch a season, and then by, like, the fifth episode, she's all in. (laughs) What? No. I definitely abstained for a couple seasons completely, and then what was But did you go back and watch them? What was my gateway season that got me back into it? Who was it? Uh, Michelle? uh, Michelle. Yeah. It was Michelle. She was lovely. She wrote me back in because she was a teacher and she was so calm. So I have this theory that like whatever tone the bachelor or bachelorette sets for the season and how they respond and how like the energy that they put out, that is how the season will eventually turn out or how it will go. And other contestants end up mirroring their behaviors. So like Michelle was very calm. She was very, um, controlled in her voice she was a teacher so she knew how to de-escalate situations all of her confrontations with men never involved raised voices never involved drama or storming out it was just like very slow low and controlled conversations Mm -hmm. and she very clearly drew her lines like okay you've crossed a boundary for me so she very clearly had 
got more respect from the men than most totally, bachelorettes did. Yeah, totally. And I just she love that well. she did not serve up the drama. Maybe it wasn't the most entertaining season. Definitely but... not. That's the thing. Like, I would rather have someone problematic. <laughs> Maybe, like, have a sane, calm person like her come in every, like, two to three seasons. I think they needed her to balance and tip the scales because they had had so many so many crazies back to back Mm -hmm. yes katie flop big flop she was maybe my least favorite bachelorette hannah brown is for sure my least favorite. oh okay her all time her too yes i would say but katie is just another level of like obnoxious like she when i see her i don't know i don't know i don't know okay so let's get into a problematic bachelorette Yes. So this season we have two bachelorettes. It's the first time the franchise has ever done it. It's Gabby and Rachel. They were coming off of Colton's Colton season? Clayton. Clayton, sorry. Colton's a gay one. Uh, Clayton's season. And they were kind of like buddying up on the season. They were best friends and they grew a friendship out of it. So they were chosen as two bachelorettes, which obviously when you hear that, it's like, okay, how are you going to do that how are you not going to fall in love with the same men how are you going to draw that line they actually did it pretty well i would say there was there was like one guy that they both liked and gabby gave him over to rachel she was like honestly it's not worth fighting over like if he really likes me he'll choose me and Mm -hmm. that's how it is um gabby i did not give her enough credit i just want to say that right now she gained my respect she was a queen. She was a complete K-W-E-E-N. Queen. Huh. I spell it like that over text. I think it's queen. funny. <laughs> queen. And um, Rachel, on the other hand, she didn't like, okay, she did do some things to irritate me, but I definitely thought she had a better head on her shoulders than Gabby did when they first came on because I, I didn't really see them. You know, we only see so many decisions they make when they are contestants on a bachelor season. And so seeing them in their own individual roles really, really just put some things into perspective for me. Okay, you know when I knew exactly who they were at the core? When? Was during their time as contestants on Clayton's season. When he came to both of them and said, I've told... Both of you, all three of you, the final three, that I love you, and I slept with the two of you. He told both of them that, and then he was like, basically, you know, make your decision about where you stand. Gabby said, peace out. Yeah, she she did not take it. She had more self-respect for herself than to stick around. He had to come back and beg her to stay to give him one more shot. And Rachel wanted him still. And Rachel stayed. She was just like, idiot. Okay, like, I'm going to stick around. And to me, it kind of just showed that she didn't really understand her self-worth as much mm-hmm. as maybe Gabby did. She definitely... That's so true. And then in Gabby's exit from that whole show, she handled herself so well. And she was able to summarize the whole <laughs> litany of offenses and the list of events so succinctly. And she was just like, to the point, she... She explained to him what he couldn't see for himself and how he treated them. And she was just very emotionally aware. Whereas mm-hmm. Rachel felt like more the events were happening to her and she couldn't really process them. And she totally. was just like reacting to them. So we're just skipping to the end. Yeah. Okay. Basically they find their guys. They have their last three. If you do not know, or I'm sure if you're listening still, 
you you've watched or you're interested to know, Rachel has three men at the end, and it's Tino, Aiden, and Zach. Okay, Tino is like giving surfer boy, like very airhead. Honestly, he's just not that bright. He's not all there. Um, don't you think? Uh, Tino? Yeah. He, but he's like, he's very good looking. He could be male model. I don't know. He, he's just like a pretty boy. Not much beneath the surface as much as the other guys. Avon. <laughs> Beautiful inside and out. He's a gorgeous <laughs> man. He has great character. He knows what he wants. And he's very rational in his decision making. Then we have Zach. He is huge, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Did you see him standing next to Jesse Palmer? Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. Also, let's talk about Jesse Palmer at the end. Need to touch on him. Zach is huge. He is a big boy. Big, big boy. Really? Yes. He's like... Let me... I did not realize that. I'm not looking up his height, but just take my word. He's tall. Zach is a family man at heart. He knows exactly what he wants in a wife. He thinks Rachel is his girl, and he's smitten with her. He would do anything for her. And he has a celebrity relative. Yes! What's his name? I forget his name, but he plays Putty on Seinfeld, and he's the voice of Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. Yes! That guy. Kronk! And his voice is the the guy from the... the um, What do you call it? The pilot from Soaring Over California. Welcome! Yes! What is his name? He did the videos! I forgot about that. I Good connection, right. Brooke. So now, meat and potatoes, Rachel and Tino. So Rachel kicks off Avon and Zach. She, this is where her most manipulative moment was to me, was Zach. Mm -hmm. She is telling Zach, feeding Zach this idea that they are it. They are endgame. He is her dream guy. They have done so many dates where it's like childhood pictures and stories are shared. It's like they have a very... uh, Fairy tale type romance. Yes, totally. And... That, like all their dates are very extravagant. They're going out to like basically castles and like dancing in the hallways with the orchestra. And it's just fairy tale. You can always tell which relationships the producers are behind because they pour way more money and effort yes. into those dates. Yes. <laughs> I was wishing that they did that with Avon, mm. but did you like Avon? I, I did. I feel like Avon personally he's just not my cup of tea and I didn't, I didn't really see him with Rachel to be honest, but he's a little passive. He would be great for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he was, um, I don't think they're like the best couple that could ever come. Honestly, I didn't feel like he was really sincere most of the time. It was just, I didn't feel like he was super enthusiastic to be there. Yeah. He seemed a little, like I was saying passive, Yeah, but when I really liked him was when I'll get into that. There was a moment in the show where I was like, see, he has his head on straight. It, it just makes me feel better when someone makes rational decisions on the show and can see past the actual television aspect. Anyways. So fantasy suite night comes. If you don't know, fantasy suite is the night where they do overnight dates together and you can choose to go into the room together or you can separate and not so she does an overnight date with zach they basically end up talking the whole night and then in the morning they're interviewing them and zach is like last night was so weird i felt like i didn't even know who i was talking to it's like a switch was flipped and 
she was just like very stoic towards me and looking at me like I was a stranger. And she started questioning if I was ready to get married, which if anyone was ready to get married, it was Zach. Mm -hmm. Like that was his, he put all his eggs in that basket. He wanted to get married. Whereas all the other men that she had been with are like, I don't know if I want an engagement at the end of this. Zach was like, we could get married tomorrow type of thing. Um, so he's being interviewed and he's like, honestly, something's just off. And I guess she tried to bring up, Oh, you're 25 and I'm 26. I don't know if you're ready. A year age gap girl. Don't use that as your crutch. You know, it was just like, she was trying to find an out anyway. Yes. And so he ended up leaving, removing himself from the situation, which was good, but he waited until the rose ceremony, which it's like, come on, dude. He knew he was going to be offed. So, something about that, though, I just wonder, like, how much of a hand producers played into all of that. Like, first of all, him sticking around that long. If she was just looking for an out all this time, like, did she just know he's a good person to keep around till the end? And we came to find out that he is the new bachelor yes so like did the producers pick him and so they were like keep him around until the final three no i i honestly think she was keeping him around in case the other two went awry interesting i think she was keeping him around so like because she obviously rachel's main thing was i want to get engaged at the end no matter how that came out it was just the point to be engaged so she offs brandon or Zach, sorry, I don't know why I called him Brandon. He looks like a Brandon to me. Anyways, off Zach, she has Avon and Tina left. She is in love with Avon. She has made it very clear he is the one she wants to be with. However, she told Tino that she was in love with him. So not really understanding. it. What's really confusing is that on these interviews where it's just like in the middle of the dates and stuff, they pull people aside individually. As she's been interviewed, she expresses that Avon is her guy. Avon is the one she sees a future with. But then when she's with Tino, she's like, I'm in love with you. Hasn't told anyone else she's in love with them. Mm -hmm. So that thought process never made sense to me. But honestly, nothing she did made sense to me. So Avon expresses his worry about getting engaged at the end. And he's like, I would really like to go to each other's like homes and seeing how we live individually, you know, visiting each other's families, seeing how that combination is. He has an amazing hometown date. Her family loves him. Her, his family loves her. It's mutual. Okay. Everything is being set up for a good ending with them. And then he expresses, he is worried about the reality of getting engaged. He's like, marriage is a big deal to me. And I just want to make sure that we're taking the right steps. He's like, I love you. I want to be with you forever. I just want the process to be right. Mm -hmm. She flips the heck out. <laughs> she flips the heck out. Oh, well, you're not ready to marry. You don't love me. Da -da -da -da. He's like, no, I'm saying I want to be with you. I'm just saying we should take this process slower because it's not normal. Like I'm scared that when the cameras are off and we're back in our regular lives that you're not going to want to do this. And then we'll be stuck because, what, you have a ring? Mm -hmm. He's very level-headed about this. Yeah, he's being practical. Yes, he's being practical. However, all the guys at the beginning are like, I'm down for an engagement at the end. And then the end comes and they're like, maybe we should just date. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you shouldn't have said that in the beginning. So anyways, she finds this out. She kicks him off. Very sad because he was obviously the better choice than Tino. 
this is what I don't understand. Unless she just had it in her mind from the beginning, like Tino's it. She almost point blank told him, I would rather get what I want, which is an engagement, than to have like this perfect love. Yes. That's what I'm saying. She was willing to compromise having your perfect person for a ring. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. In reality, like obviously we saw her and Tino didn't end up working out. So her and Tino, they get engaged. And as soon as soon as I saw that scene, I was like, this is not going to end well. Mm-hmm. They are not going to be together. And it was ex- an exact replica, basically, of Hannah Brown and Jed. Mm. You remember that? Yeah, I forgot about that. Jed and Hannah Brown, they got engaged. And then they ended up interviewing them after their engagement, found out Jed was cheating on her. And then she gave the ring back. Okay. Same thing happened. Rachel's interviewed and she goes to Gabby and she's like, I, I found out he's cheating on me. I don't know what to do. Da, 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 da. They interview Tino. He dodges responsibility. Like he's a mess. He is a mess. And I think he actually has like something wrong with him. Like mm-hmm. I, I think there's something missing. I agree. I felt, I have felt kind of bad for I him actually. Yeah. 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 Like watching him, he was just a wreck. Like, his thought process, his responses to things. He was just so, yes. Like he was just so jerky and like all over the place. Like I would have thought he was on something actually. He did not seem in his right mind. He was very dodgy. Yes. And so, um, basically Rachel is acting like she could work things out if he would just be honest because he never outright admitted that he was cheating on her. He made it sound like we were on a break I, I was just going out with people cause we were on a break and she was like, we weren't on a break. Like we weren't broken up. I was just saying, she basically said she didn't want to go to a premiere with the ring on because their relationship was in a bad spot and she didn't think he deserved to call her his fiance. <laughs> so then he goes and cheats on her and then she's mad about it, which obviously I would be too, but, um, he will not take responsibility for what he did. She gets mad. But the whole time she's acting like, well, if you're just honest with me, then we could work things out. But we all know, even if he took responsibility, she'd end up cutting ties. There's no way she was going back to him. And didn't he at one point ask her, like, where is this going? Is are, is there any shot that this works out? Yes. And she wouldn't answer because she was like, I just want answers first. And then I'll... Because she had already made up her yes, mind. Yes, she had made up her mind. And so they end up going to the last finale, the end finale second part and after the final rose after the final rose the second part of the finale and they're both sitting on the couch tino rachel and then jesse palmer is on the side just he's an interesting guy i don't know um he's almost like taking a not sibling role like chris harrison was very fatherly Mm -hmm. in his presence on the show like Jesse Palmer is giving me like cousin vibes. Hmm. I don't know. Just the way he talks about things. I don't know. He's just funny to me. But anyways, um, they're sitting on the couch together and basically rehashing everything. Uh, Rachel's parents are in the stands just giving dirty looks left and right. It's always a parent at the end who is just pissed beyond belief. And um, Jesse Palmer 
is like, so you think you guys can work this out? And they, they're like, no. Mm-hmm. Well, then Jesse goes, well, we're not done. We have someone for you. And Rachel's face lit up so quick. She knew exactly what they were doing, and she was stoked. They brought Avon out on stage. We have someone who wants to see you, Rachel. Tino's still on stage, and they bring Avon out, and they are reuniting in front of Tino. And I know he did something wrong, but it was seriously so sad. It was cruel. It was cruel. I did not think that he deserved that. I felt really bad for him. He had to watch his ex-fiance like get with her second choice, which really was her first choice. And just like, it was just humiliating and it was awkward and they didn't direct him off stage, giving him no direction, just leaving him out to dry in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. And he's like, can I go? Can I go? And no one's answering him. They're hugging. And then Rachel and Avon walk off stage and Jesse's like, who knows what they're doing? They're going to go run off together. And Tino's still standing on stage. Like, can I go? Like, It was just so embarrassing and honestly, like, uncalled for. Mm -hmm. I thought they did him really dirty, and I don't know. I think they owe him apology. (laughs) Yeah, I felt like, mm, okay, I had a few few thoughts. Was he in the wrong for cheating on her? Absolutely. Absolutely. I felt a little bit bamboozled by their editing process because – they talked about him cheating, 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 and then they reveal that his cheating was a kiss with another girl. Which is cheating. Which is cheating. Definitely, in my opinion, that's cheating. Um, is it, I don't know, is it worth crucifying someone over? <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it worth publicly? So, So this is what I have a problem with. So... His cheating and her being upset with it has nothing to do with their standards of morality because just weeks prior or months prior, she was allowed to kiss other men. She was allowed to sleep with other men. Right. Right. It's weird to go from that to now it's just us and you cannot explore anything, which that is they're committed to each other. They're engaged. Right. But it feels unnatural because the show is unnatural. Right. The show. It, right. So it has nothing to do with standards of morality. It's all like we're agreeing to these uh, subjective set of rules that we have determined. They're totally arbitrary. And then we're going to change them up. So it's like, you know, just because these are the parameters you have set. Um, now, in my personal opinion, like he was in the wrong. Right. He cheated. Um, but it just seems a little bit hypocritical that um, they would just, like, take him to the stake the way they did when, yeah. like, I don't know, their own standards for morality are pretty low. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, like, I understand saying, hey, that's a jailbreaker for me. Then why drag him through the drama of being like, well, tell me why you did this. And she was, like, trying to squeeze every drop of information out. And then when he would try to explain himself, she's like, why are you blaming me? Why are you justifying what you did? You literally just asked him for an explanation of like where his headspace was. What, like, why did he do it? To be fair though. Well, first of all, I would be doing the same thing, like trying to squeeze out all the information because fair enough, but he was dodging all of her questions. Like he wasn't getting down to what happened timeline. He was like, well, you made me feel like this. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking why you like, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But then after the final rose ceremony, it felt like they were just beating a dead horse. Like yes, she totally. kept wanting him to try to explain himself, but then she would refuse him any form of forgiveness, any form of like, there was no closure. Like she refused to forgive him. She did not or, want to reconcile. Yeah. Or not even forgive him. Like she refused to like give closure mm-hmm. to any extent yeah. or to be like, you know, I don't know. Just even the fact that he showed up, I believe, I believe at, at least at the final rose, I don't think his behavior in the house, like when they had their breakup, I don't think he was acting honorably during that time. But I think him showing up to the, after the final rose ceremony was like, he's just trying to do the right thing. He was trying yeah. to own up and take responsibility. And she refused him any satisfaction that he could do anything in the right, that he could reconcile it in any way, um, which she doesn't need to take him back. But in my opinion, if somebody breaks that line, like cut the cord. No, she was purely doing it to humiliate him. Yeah. Don't let the drama continue. Say, you know what? I, I really did. I did love you. I thought this would work out, but that's a clear like violation of, um, a personal boundary and like a, a relational boundary. And I think, um, that's just a deal breaker for me. End of discussion. Yeah. Like there does not need to be all of this drawn out drama. And I know that's like. That's the point of the show. That's why people watch it. But it just seemed to be like, I don't know. To me, it was unfair that she was asking him um, for an explanation and then like getting mad at him basically when he did give an explanation, you know? So anyway, it was just a mess and she's rude. (laughs) Point blank, period. Yeah, you could just tell she wanted to hang on to her bitterness and her anger. And yeah, to me, it's like, okay, when you don't forgive someone, you're the one who's held hostage. It's not even about that person anymore. Set yourself free. I feel like everyone, whether they'll admit it or not, can subconsciously, like, I don't know. I think it's been made clear that Gabby was the fan favorite. Yeah. She's on Dancing with the Stars, okay? When people get off the bachelorette, like they have so many opportunities and publicity things that they can do mm-hmm. that they can choose from that I know of. Rachel hasn't had anything since like they've both gone on podcasts and done in, like minor inter- interviews, but she hasn't had any big brand deals or anything. And I feel like that speaks to how things played out on the season and mm-hmm. people just didn't like her as much as Gabby. Well, before she went on the season, her parents questioned her and they said, are you able to emotionally handle what's coming your way? Like, are you strong enough? And even her parents were questioning if she'd be able to endure something like, like the show. And I think we saw it throughout the whole season. She was constantly feeling insecure. Mm -hmm. I just don't feel unloved. I don't feel seen. I don't feel chosen. And like everything, even, I don't know if you remember that one group date her guys were invited into Gabby's group date to just watch what was going on. Yeah. So Gabby's guys were like, I don't know, fighting in a boxing ring or something. And they were watching the fight. And Rachel's guys were coming to watch the fight. Rachel's sitting, standing on the other side of the building. And she's like, they won't even look at me. They're not giving me any attention. Like I brought them here and they won't even look at me. Like, girl, you're not even near them. They don't even know you're in the room. Right. (laughs) And she just like turned everything. And then she had to have a big old confrontation with them. And she's like, she was just turning every little thing into, like, 
feed my need for affirmation. Yes. You know what that reminds me of? A friend who you're in a public setting with a group of friends and there's one friend that purposely isolates themselves for other people to go up to them and say, Hey, are you good? Are you okay? What's the matter? What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing's wrong. It's just, uh, it's just nothing. Like, shut up. <laughs> Include yourself. Like, I'm tired of people doing stuff like that. That's what it reminded me of. I'm it's like emotional manipulation. Yes, you're sure. excluding yourself on purpose to get questions, to get attention. Mm-hmm. And it, and then she, yeah, she blamed them after. She was like, "I'm really disappointed in you, men, because no one fought for me." We were, you asked us to watch the date. You should have joined us. Yes. And it was crap like that the whole season with her. Yeah. And I was just exhausted by it. You know, what's weird though, is that while you're talking about insecurity, she did show major insecurity, but Gabby, like Gabby has deep rooted issues in security mm-hmm. and she was very vocal about that. However, she dealt with things so much better Yeah, than I don't, she's older than Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's older. That could have something to do with it. But I just thought it was and weird. She's been through therapy. Yes. You can always tell when someone's been through therapy the way they speak. I don't know if you've heard or seen any of the interviews with Jeanette McCurdy. Okay, well, Jeanette McCurdy came out with a book called I'm Glad My Mom Died. Um, and it's all about like child stardom, her the abuse with her mother. Oh dude, I want to read it so bad. But anyways. Um, like her in her interviews and on the, on these podcasts that she's going on, you can just tell, like she goes to therapy very often. People's vocabulary and the way they speak about things is just very specific. Mm-hmm. Like I can always spot out someone who goes to therapy, which is great, logo. but yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I just thought that was weird that Gabby like had a real reason to be insecure. And I felt like Rachel's was just sprung upon herself like she was doing it to herself and gabby actually had reason and she still made better decisions yeah okay this might be um a little conspiracy theory side of me but i don't know if you watched the fight that gabby and eric had right before yeah they were like happy it was like kind of the final peak of it was at night yes yes so at the final rose ceremony when they're watching that you know you can see the um, reaction box like they're they're watching it live and you can see um, like Gabby recorded in Mexico and then Gabby's real-time reaction to watching herself in Mexico there's a part where you know where Gabby's storming out and she's like upset and she's just she like, was laughing she was laughing yes it they kept doing stuff like that it gave it away it gave the ending away well I think my personal opinion is um which I don't know Chris and I were debating this. I think she was drunk. I think she was drunk and she was like just kind of spinning and like there was drama. It was maybe it wasn't real. And so that's why she was laughing at herself watching it back because she knew like, oh my gosh, I was not with it. (laughs) That's my personal theory. That could be right. You're right. Or it could just be like looking back like, oh, I was so stupid. Like, yeah, that's funny. Who knows? Yeah. I thought that whole thing of them they were showing their live reactions to old footage of themselves. And so it gave away the ending. Like we did not know how things turned out, but then every time Tino came on the screen, Rachel would give a dirty look. It's like, okay, well you guys aren't together, obviously. Mm -hmm. Or like the clip of Gabby and Rachel together before they showed Gabby's ending. Gabby had a ring on her finger. 
oh, I wonder what happened with her. <laughs> like, why did they do that? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting season, though. I don't know if I could stomach another bachelor or bachelorette season with two. It was a lot. But I think that now people are going to have uh, a little bit more boredom with just one from now on. It's like when they started to do the bachelorette where they had one half the season and then they brought in a new one, the other half, I felt like people enjoyed that more. So now there's, there's going to be more of a tolerance for that and they're going to expect it more. So I wonder if they'll keep doing two bachelorettes. What do you think? Mm, We shall see. I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it. It was a nice like ping pong match between Somebody who's self-aware and somebody who's very dramatic. You got a little bit yeah. of both. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. Do we think Zach will be a good bachelor? No, he's so boring. Yes, <laughs> me too. He's so boring. Me too. Why he's was, so vanilla. Like, why was Gabby so fun to watch? She's funny. She is. She has, she has such a good great sense of humor, mm-hmm. and she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're funny and pretty, you're going far in life. I do <laughs> think though, she was a little too frail. Like, I looked at her at some points. I was like, frail. Yeah, like skinny. She looked like she was gonna oh, break. No, I'm concerned for her. I watched. Because, you know, people look different on TV. They say yes. you look heavier on yeah. TV than you actually are. She's skin and bones. I saw a YouTube video of her. Honey, chicken bones. Chicken bones walking around. like, And she, like, her, her collarbone, like, it was just, yeah. I think she's a little, me could be a little malnourished right now. And, like, I know that people, everyone's bodies are different. There are some people who are naturally just very small, very petite and skinny. The thing is, she did not look like that during Clayton's season. No, she dropped a lot of weight before Bachelorette, which I'm sure she was, like, you know, training and stuff, trying to get in the best shape. Yeah. Yeah. But now she's looking not, like, toned and fit. She's looking, like, frail and... You know, I picked up from Gabby on this season that I want to... I want to implement in my own life, a little real life application. What? Her poise. She was so poised. She used to be an NFL cheerleader. So like mm. you look at her stance, she's got that cheerleader stance. Yes. How she used her arms and everything, like all of her stances. I was just like, wow. She's beautiful. Wow. I just feel like I need to practice standing not like a Neanderthal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> me thinking every man in the room is staring at me and then I see my posture. I'm like, right. I'm sure. <laughs> Literally hunched over, hunchback of Notre Dame. So she's inspired me. Yeah, she's great. I actually felt bad for, not to tear her down, but like I would never be able to be a bachelorette with someone else because I'd just be comparison, comparison, that's awesome, uh, <laughs> comparing myself to the other one the whole time. Felt like Rachel, even Rachel, some of Rachel's outfit choices, like Gabby just looked better the whole season and like, I don't know. It makes me wonder if they had different stylists. Yeah. Gabby was definitely dressing herself. I'm going back to Hannah Brown days and I'm like, what was going on? Do you remember Hannah Brown's outfits? Mm. Horrendous. Literally, she would have a pink leather jacket on and a big gold chain with a big pink heart necklace on it. What the heck is that? Katie did not look cute either. She may possibly have been the worst. Like, she looked like... Teacher trying to go influencer, like teacher yeah. trying to be trendy. Teacher trying to go influencer, but back in like 2014, it was that yes. bad. Her style was yes. just major off. 2014 vibes. Yeah, weird, weird, like, weird. She was giving Plato's closet. <laughs> no, actually, I was. Yeah, I don't know. Plato's closet. 
awesome. <sighs> this is going to be a longer episode, but let us know if you guys enjoy Bachelorette talk or anything Bachelor fran- franchise. I'm not sure that as many people watch it as we think maybe i know that some people do tune in and out so or some people just watch the fan takes and like the recap videos yeah to me watching if anyone remembers back in the day roses and rose yes that was way better than the chris harrison's bb girl yeah we loved her i know she was the best i think i personally i like listening to commentary about shows that even i'm not watching because Kind of makes me feel apart without having to watch the whole thing. Yeah. Like, uh, the second finale, three hours. <laughs> okay. Oh, yikes. I skipped through like an hour and a half of it. Yeah, but, yeah. So did I. Um. Anyways, yeah. Let us know on our Instagram if you guys enjoy this or not. If not, then we'll try not to do it again. We might. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, if you didn't want to listen to that, you just skipped past it. <laughs> Oops. Hopefully you just stopped listening to this whole episode. <laughs> but Brooke, we're so glad you're back. I'm back happy, in Adam. I'm happy to be back. I missed you. I missed recording with you. And we couldn't talk. I felt like we weren't talking because we were trying to talk on this. I know. But um, so final thoughts. What are your final thoughts, Brooke? My final thoughts are don't exploit people for publicity. Amen. That's a good word. I won't exploit you. Don't you worry. Um, my final thoughts. Spooky, spooky skeleton sends down your spine. You know that song? No. What? Oh my gosh. It's a classic Halloweeny song. Halloweeny. Halloweeny. I want a good dog costume for Kanye. If anyone has good ideas, send them through our Instagram, please. And thank you. Um, will you be dressing up this Halloween? No. Oh, loser. No, I'm just kidding. I probably won't either. Unless I come up with a really funny idea. Something funny and casual. What's your best Halloween costume you've ever had? Um, it was pretty basic, honestly, but, uh, I would say one year I was a hunter and my friend was a deer. I thought that was like a cute duo yeah, costume. Cute. I want to do something really like funny i just don't know i like i don't have a bunch of parties to go to where i can show off these funny ideas i feel like some of them are not not that i'm gonna be walking around in like some slutty outfit but i feel like they're not church appropriate and we have this thing at our church it's a harvest carnival and i'm there every year because it's tradition and i'm loyal and um I can't wear it there because I feel like people don't get my sense of humor all the time there. Like, like what would you want to do that would be? I don't know, like a maybe like a pop culture reference, like dressing up as a celebrity. And then I just hate explaining to everyone, who are you? What is that? Like, I hate explaining a costume. It's like, if you don't get it, you don't get it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, for the, those of you who get it, you get it. It's like I'm dressing up for those people that understand my sense of humor. Yeah. I don't want to have to explain to everyone, but obviously that'd be rude for someone to ask and me be like, that's just, you don't get it. So I'm not going to tell you. You just don't understand. (laughs) You just don't understand. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for fall time next week. When we record, we should bring some PSLs on here on set. 
Yes. Yes. And we should dress up all fall timey. Okay. And put a little garland or something okay. up. Okay. I have pumpkin garland. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I bought it for David's birthday. Oh my gosh. My little baby boy's turning one this week. <laughs> so sweet. Oh my gosh. He just started walking. We'll post a picture of him next week. Or do you not want that? I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, okay. I don't know. Let me Maybe think not. about it. Okay. Don't exploit people for publicity. I'm like, give me your baby really quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, we love you guys. Hope you have a great week. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you the next time. Stay cozy. Stay comfy. Bye. Bye.